Welcome to the That Wisconsin Girl podcast featuring award-winning broker and owner, Mary Rooflet. In this show, you will discover that you have to give to gain in order to live your best life. Sitting in for Mary this week to talk about suicide prevention is Brooke Gardo. Hello, everybody. My name is Brooke Shaw Gardo, and I am happy to be back on this week's podcast. I want to thank Mary for giving me the opportunity to speak this week about something that is very personal, but also very important to me. And that is about suicide prevention. The month of September actually is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And this last week has been Suicide Prevention Week, with September 10th being World Prevention Day. So I think if you've talked to us or you've heard about us or if you'd followed our journey and Mary's journey, you know that physical fitness and health and wellness is really about self-care and how we take care of ourselves and our experience and who we are. But it also helps to deal with things we've experienced. And for me personally, I have experienced suicide and the aftermath of that. And I want to share my story in the hopes that if anybody's listening or you've been exposed to it or you're going through it or you've had those thoughts, that if you can take one thing from my experience, that it can help. And there is no right or wrong way to go through it or to figure things out. And that's why I want to tell you my why and my story, hoping that it can help someone else. So I'm going to kind of just dive into it and tell you about my experience with it and some everyday issues that kind of help because we don't talk about suicide. It's such a taboo topic. We're starting to talk about mental health um, and we're starting to talk about that stigma. But there still is a lot of shame and people are very uncomfortable with the word suicide in general. So uh, my husband committed suicide on December 6, 2019. And again, I'm here to talk about the difficult conversation and how it affects those that are left behind. My purpose, again, is to help others to start the conversation and to stop the stigma of mental health so that others, even if it's just one person, can find some help and some comfort. So others and other people's children, because people are affected and my kids and I am affected by this, don't have to go through what we've had to go through. So I know that Eric was sick. A lot of times people say suicide is selfish, but Eric was sick. So for anyone to get to that point where they've had pain and they've had hurt and suffering and they think the only way to relieve that is to hurt themselves, they're not rational. They're sick. So when people are sick and unwell, sometimes they do things that aren't rational. And at this point, sometimes daddy did that. And Daddy chose at that time to hurt himself. And I'm telling you that is that immediately after my husband committed suicide, I had to go into mama bear. I had to give my kids the language of what to say and what to do. So daddy was sick. He wasn't thinking rationally. And at that time, he chose to hurt himself. And daddy had depression. So those are the words that I, that I gave my children. But nobody tells you that you have to give words to your children or your people how to talk about that. I also had to model and go through the journey of the grief process, which is always continual, right? And during that process, I also had really good friends and family to lean on. 
Kim, one of my BFFs, right, my best friend that I was on here last time with, really immediately told me about forgiveness. And obviously I was numb, but the realization is forgiving him and forgiving myself so that we can heal. And it's a constant process. It's a constant process to be able to forgive yourself in life no matter what happens, right? But I think that's something that really happens in people that have been affected by suicide. I could have, I should have, I regret, but being able to try to forgive and it's ongoing. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit. I was thinking and talking with Kim about what I was going to talk about today. And I said, okay, I think I'm just hoping the universe gives me something. I like to relate things to daily lives and things that happen with kids. And guess what? The universe gave me that last night. (laughs) My kids, we started horseback riding to kind of help them just enjoy. and, And my little boy and my little girl does have some anxiety. And obviously, they're trauma kids. Um, so I, okay, what am I going to do for my kids? We're going to do horseback riding and they love it. But we struggled last night. We got to horseback riding and I had misunderstood the schedule and we had the week off. Um, so we go to lessons and we get out and we find out that last night wasn't our night that we're starting next week. Immediately, my little boy is upset. And I know he's been looking forward to this and he's so excited about this. And this is a really happy and a safe place for him. But he is angry and he is mad. And the anger now is at me. And I know that it's not just the anger from horseback riding lessons. Yes, we're going to get disappointed. This is much stronger, deeper. It's an inner deep hurt and anger. And I'm going to get the brunt of it because I'm mom, right? And I think... And I imagine that other kids and people that are going through trauma or issues have some anger and it's directed at those that are closest to them. Well, I'm about to take the brunt of this anger of missing horseback ridings and I know it so much more. So we get home and it's obviously my fault. He's saying that he hates his life. He's swearing at me. Um, as you can imagine, it's all directed at me. And in my mind, again, I know this is more than just horseback riding, but I can feel the amount of anger. He's following me around the house and he's swearing at me and he's upset at me. I'm trying to keep my own emotional stability and I'm going to take the dogs for a walk and go outside. Well, guess what? So is he, and he's going to follow me around the block on his bike, again, swearing at me, saying comments at me. Are you sad? Oh, I'm so sad I hurt your feelings, and just very abusive, angry things. And I have my little girl, his twin, around as well, and she deals with it a little bit differently. So luckily, we have grandma, so we send my little girl to grandma's house, and I say, come back in an hour. Um, And she says to me, should I just ignore him before I go? I said, yes, just ignore him. I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm putting my earbuds in. I'm trying to breathe, but I know I'm about to lose it. Mama needs a timeout. <laughs> Mama needs a timeout, but I can't. He, he is at me. So I know he's having this inner struggle. He's saying it. I can see the behaviors. He is lashing out at me, but yet he wants to be near me. He needs my love, and he's physically in my space. And I know that I'm getting to the point where I don't want him around me right? So I have this inner struggle and guilt as well. And he actually um, gets his, he's in behind me in his bike, and he purposely runs into me physically with the bike and the dog. 
Now I'm very angry, right? So I turn around and I want to kick the bike. And so I actually do kick the tire and shove it over. And then suddenly I just realize I can't do this. I just continue to walk away and he's following me. Right, so we keep walking, trying to hold it together. I'm not going to respond. He's still telling me, now I feel bad, I'm sorry. But he's still angry, so I can have this inner struggle. Eventually, we get home. I get him to settle down. We get to do some homework, and my little girl comes back. And she wants to put Halloween decorations. So we go outside. She goes and does that. I go outside. Gemma's putting the Halloween decorations outside. I'm able to get outside, and there's my neighbor's. And we've had this conversation about the combination of environmental factors as well as biological factors and the perfect storm. And that's exactly what has happened to me. And I'm kind of just telling them what's happening. And my neighbors, you have to know, my husband committed suicide and my neighbors were there. They were at the house next door. They were there. So we have this bond, like we're going to have a bond together. And my neighbor has got tears in his eyes and he says, you know, we've been going through some things and our daughter or our son or our friend is having some issues. And you know what I've decided? I've decided to love them up as much as I can. I'm going to be the obnoxious dad and I'm going to love and kiss and snuggle because demanding and asking for respect this is not working and obviously your son you know i see some resemblance in things that are with my child and they just need to be filled up like that love language so i'm just gonna love on them and love on them hard and it's and it's working and i was at that moment in time i was so grateful that I was able to get out and go next door and brave enough to ask and tell them that was happening and expressing and kind of get it off my chest. And they didn't try to solve anything. They didn't try to give me advice. They just said what worked for them. And it was such a gift to me because I realized he does. He just needs to be loved on. Like, just love. I just need to go love on him. So I was able to pull it together myself to get back into the house, to get in the basement, to get everybody in pajamas. We put on a movie and we just snuggled one child on each side and, and the golden retriever tra- and the cat trying to get in between, but just loving on them. That's just one night in the struggle of what, you know, the aftermath of those have been effect with suicide. I'm a single mom. I, I don't have someone else that I can say, you can take them and walk away. I have to get that together. So that means I have to take care of myself. So I have that energy so I can be there for my kids. But also, it was another reminder that I was given the gift by my neighbor for them to listen. And I was comfortable enough and brave enough to share with them. And I think those are all steps along the way that we don't do. They held space for me. They listened. And they gave me this gift of just, you have to love on those that sometimes hurt those that are closest to them. And I think people that are struggling with mental health issues or whatever it is, whatever the issue is, whatever that pain is, a lot of times they're hurting those people that are closest to them, the ones that they really want the love from. So it was kind of this this full circle thing. And again, the reason I tell you that story is there seems to be so many lessons that the universe gave me last night. And what are some things that perhaps I know that works for me that would maybe work for others? So again, strategies, taking care of yourself so you can take care of others. So what does that look like? For me, it's talking to family and friends. It's to get physical. It's to to work out and to get my sleep going. But remembering that I need to love myself first and that self-love is not selfish. When I talk to friends 
and ask for help when I need it. And that is really hard to be vulnerable. And it's scary. Oh my gosh, it's so scary to say, when someone asks you, how are you, to say, oh, we're doing good. Guess what? Sometimes we're doing good, but there's sometimes where there's bumps in the road and we're not doing that great. And it's okay not to do that great. But it's also great to learn from that and have those people around you. I also try to seek joy in the little things, um, whether it's going for a bike ride or a cup of coffee or just trying to sit down in the morning before the kids get up, but to slow down and get off social media and to enjoy the little things. So really through this whole storm cloud, really looking through the silver lining, do what makes you happy and take time to slow down. And I know I am not perfect at all. It is so easy to go in that negative round, right? To have that that judge in your mind or the mind to play games with you. And a lot of people, when they're dealing with that deep pain, might turn to something that's negative, like substance abuse. It's alcohol or drugs, but what is the core issue covering that up? Is it other distractions? Is it throwing yourself into relationships? Is it throwing yourselves into work? Is it crossing boundaries and taking other people's emotions on? So I, I fully anticipate and expect that in the road ahead, it's going to be bumpy. But I know that I need to give myself grace. And it's really important for me to help those as well, but within healthy boundaries. So what can you do? Again, you can listen to others. You can hold space for them. But you don't have to solve the problems. You don't have to take on their issues. I could not take on Eric's emotions. It was very hard, but learning that I could not make him well. Um, There's only so much that I could do. And the people that are around us, we can listen, we can hold space, we can have those conversations within boundaries, and then help them to get to someone, a licensed professional, a counselor, a doctor, something somewhere, just get them through that 10 minutes, that 90 seconds of emotion, that 30 minutes, so they're over at that time, what's happening and getting to the next seller. Can I help you? Can I, can I help you make a phone call? What can I do for you? Is there someone I can call for you? There's no perfect way to have a conversation. However, if you can listen and you can validate and provide time for someone to share at their own pace, and then again, within boundaries, helping them to get to the next level, to the next counselor or to the doctor or to a group that can help. So again, you know, I, I'm very thankful for having the opportunity to, to share my story. And my why is, you know, we are all struggling. We really are. But I think we have to not be afraid to open up and to be brave and to do the work and to take care of ourselves. So that's really my goal and my mission. Special thanks to Brooke Gardo for being on the show today. And again, if you'd like to support the That Wisconsin Girl podcast, be sure to subscribe to it, give it a five-star rating, and write a review.